This is the Football Review Podcast, episode 28, for the week of July 4th, 2016. You know what? I can't fall asleep, so I'll just have a dream while I'm awake. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Football Review Podcast. My name is Kian. I'm joined by Nikki. Hello. And, uh, How we are, are you? Yeah. I'm very good. You should. I should be asking you the form streak. Have you? Have you said how are you every single episode? Yes. You like can, you've still, yeah, you've still it's kept dated it up. on every single episode. Yeah. Okay. Kevin doesn't ask me. He's just like I'm trying to have a dream. Shut up. Gian <laughs>, laughs at his own jokes in the intro. But let's get started with this part. It's not my joke. It's Kevin's quote. Yes, but you're the only one laughing. Shut up. The audience is laughing. Every member of the audience in Novak is laughing. Yes. All right. So we have one matter of importance to discuss uh, today, which is the Euro 2016 semifinals. We have four teams. We have Germany. We have the host France. We have Portugal. And shockingly, we have Wales. Uh, I'm going to talk about, about what those four contenders, you know, like well, who's going to, how they got there their route to the semifinals and how we think they're going to, if who will progress. But we'll start off with some transfers. Want to do that? Are you bothered about that? Yes. A couple of talk about. Benteke, rumored to be going to Liverpool for around £31 million. To, no, sorry, rumored to be going to Crystal Palace for around £31 million. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about confirmed transfers. So we, we could get into a whole rumor. Crystal mail. Palace are looking to get it, man. That's That's a good rumor right there. Yeah, I mean, Crystal Palace. I mean, you look at Crystal Palace, look at Southampton. No, that's what I'm saying. Look at, look at Watford. They both smashed their transfer records already this window. Of course, Watford bringing in Isaac Success from Granada. Wait, really? They brought in Isaac Success? Yeah, from Granada. I literally Trump. bought him in FIFA literally two weeks ago when I was playing a Watford Camarada. I literally bought, brought him in. Really? Yes. <laughs> well, they've done it in real life. Um, they spent £12 million to bring in Isaac Success. And, further, and uh, furthermore, I mean... Crystal Palace spent thirteen million pounds to bring in Andros Townsend, smashing their transfer record, and they could even do it again. They made a thirty million pound bid for Batshuayi. Of course, Chelsea got him in the end. Wait, Crystal Palace did a bid for Batshuayi. Yes, thirty million pound bid for Batshuayi. I think they got Benteke though, because Benteke has played at Aston Villa, you know. Yeah, but it's it, it's just ridiculous how m- much money these mid-table have to spend. Yeah. I mean, Leicester City smashed their transfer record two times in a week. I mean, first Leicester, the champions, I mean, they do Leicester have money. They smash it. I mean, they've won the league, and they've got the TV deal, TV deal money there. They're yeah, rolling and, in dough. Yeah, they're rolling in dough, and they just smashed their record to bring in Namplay's Mendy from Nice for £13 million. And they brought in a Spanish centre-back, I believe. And then, then they bought in Ahmed Musa for £16 million. Pounds. Yeah, Musa is, is a good, good player. I think they got him for a, a FIFA a nice signing. Just, just like Amarty was a FIFA signing. Just like Gay was a FIFA signing. I swear to God, the guys there are playing FIFA and they're just like taking the signings from there and it's working out. There's one manager that signs players only because he plays FIFA and he knows what are the good players in FIFA so he brings them into his actual team. And they're actually good. Like, every time you play... I mean, I don't know if anyone, if anyone uh, plays as Leicester, but... Even even like the the season they got promoted, I played with Leicester a couple of times, and you could not bench Vardy, even though he wasn't good at the time and he wasn't the first choice striker. Just the pace, it's like yeah, you got to do that. Like he just, it's the most FIFA stick scouting system and the most FIFA stick tactics. That's how they scouted Mahrez. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Kante is a bit of an odd one. I mean, I, I don't remember. Maybe someone played as a can. Was it? 
and they just uh-huh. found him. No, but I mean, I mean, I, I, I believe the scout's name is something like Craig Shakespeare or whatever, which is an awesome name to have. Yeah, so the awesome. I wish that's a scout's name. There's two of them. One of them is named Craig Shakespeare. I remember that because you know Shakespeare. Everybody must go up to him and be like, talk, ask him, um, and then about he's... Romeo and Juliet and shit, and then he's gonna be like, fuck off. No, I have to be more. I have to think of a better quote than freaking Romeo and Juliet. It's the most stupid thing ever. Well, like, Mac- 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 something Macbeth. about Macbeth or something. Yeah, Macbeth is, Macbeth is the best Shakespeare play. What do you want about? Well, okay. All right, we should talk about football, not not Shakespeare, because our audience is not is not educated. <laughs> Let's take an ad break. What? Let's take an ad break. Okay. Shaboni Flago, I'll be in Kosovo with you. Nirvachan, Amalakari. The Football Review Podcast congratulates Kosovo on their recognition from FIFA. All right, we're back from the ad break. Now, if you'd like to listen to this for free, then... <laughs> no, sorry, if you'd like to listen... Okay, sorry. If you'd like to listen to this podcast ad-free, then go to um podcast plus something. What does the football ramble use? Yeah. <laughs> Acast. Yeah, okay. So go. You say it, you say it. You have to do the Peter, Peter Nelson voice. You do it, you do it. If you want to listen to this podcast free, go to Acast. No, that's totally not him. That's Acast just... plus, that's what it's called, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. so. All right, we are back from our ad break. If you'd like to listen to this podcast ad-free, then go to Acast Plus. Links in the podcast description. So, yeah, let's get back into this. So, we're going to finish up the transfers now. Yeah, just quickly, quickly ra- wrapping it up. Um, the, big, the big transfers were Sadio Mane, Liverpool, £34 million. Michi Betschwey to Chelsea, £33 million are the recent big transfers. Going over outside the Premier League now, um, I mean, Newcastle. <laughs> no, Newcastle signed um, Matt Ritchie from Bournemouth and Dwight Gale from Crystal Palace. I mean, when so you they, got, they're the able to. Is, the thing is with Newcastle, even though they're a championship shy, side, they have they yeah, have an amazing manager. Yeah, and they have that, and that's oh, how he brings in these kind of kind of players. Yeah, it's an amazing like, manager. No, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect a guy from the Premier League to want to go to the Championship, but yeah. he's got Rafa Benitez managing him. So he would obviously take that. He'd rather take got, a better manager got, than they've the... got two. They've got two yeah. of them. Uh, other big news is Hulk moving to Shanghai SIPG for forty-five million pounds. Now the Chinese clubs are ruining the AFC Champions League. Muang Tong are never going to win the AFC Champions League now. But we have Clayton. Okay. <laughs> we have we have China tape and I have. No, but Buriram outclassed us last season, and then this season they lost every single game six 0 Yeah, they're being they're six bad. Six yeah, they lost 6-0 almost every game. They're like the San Marino of the AFC Champions League. Although, yeah, this year they actually did do bad. I think the best performance by a Thai club in the AFC Champions League was actually Buriram making it to the quarterfinals. Yes. Which was, everyone in Thailand was like, I know we hate Buriram, but we want them to go all the way. Made it quarterfinals. Not, how many Thai clubs have won the Champions League? None. The further, the, I the think best... Mung Tong have made it to the semifinals. Mung Tong, they made it to the semifinals. They have? I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure I read somewhere the best performance was... Uh, was Buriram in the quarters. But th- this year, it looks like it's going to be Mung Tong and Bangkok United. We'll be going could... to a match. Video will be on TR. Yeah, if, if we go to a Champions League match, that'd be amazing. No, not but... a Champions League. I mean, like a Mung Tong match. Oh, yeah, yeah. But we're going to go to a to a yeah league match on the 16th. But no, we, we're gonna, we might be able to... to um, we're going to watch the Thai national team. It'd be even better. Even better atmosphere. 60,000 yes. fans. Yeah, it'd be great. 60,000? Uh, well, no. Uh, sorry. 30,000. 50,000. 50,000. 50,000. Okay. Uh, yeah, the Rajamangala's like the capacity is 50,000, but they, that some of it is standing room. 
if you count the standing room, it's close to 60, but they don't Isn't allow... is the standing. shirt, the Thai national shirt, similar to Leicester's kit? Slightly, yeah. So you could just wear a Leicester kit to the match and be like, oh, Thai fan. Oh, I'm going to wear, I'm going to wear Ali Sak on the back. I'm like, you, you are the best player. Forget about China Timmy's overhype. No, but going out to the, outside the BPL, looking at the big transfers, it's all been PSG. The Emery revolution has begun in PSG. They've signed Hatem Ben Arfa from OGC yes, Nice for free, for free. For free. Yeah, and I, mean, I was actually. You think about it. He's had an amazing season at what is it, Nice? Yeah, Nice. Two amazing seasons, and then he goes to PSG for free. Yeah, but I mean, one thing that that. Uh, but this is a guy that Alan Pardew said was shit. When Alan Pardew says someone is shit, you know they're really, really, really shit. But he's he's good. No, but but um, uh, the thing about about this is, uh, Dave from from Squawker also on Football Republic said that it's not an Emery kind of player. It's not like a, a player that presses from the front. I think maybe this was a case of PSG making a signing, the, the board making a signing, which Emery didn't necessarily agree to, but he had to go with. Is that possible? P- uh, what signing was this? Like The board might have made the signing as like an impact signing, and Emery didn't actually want it, because he doesn't seem like an Emery player. I mean, I don't know what em- an Emery player is, but this yeah, guy... Who- it's like, I don't know, because... You don't know what an Emery type player is. I, yeah, I mean, you maybe you could say Rakitic when he signed I mean, him. You could, you could uh, guess that Kachoviak is someone that he really loves. He really loves Kachoviak. So, yeah. but not much to go. He not loves so a lot of players, like Louis yeah. Van Gaal. Louis Van Gaal loves all his little yeah. boys. No, no but Memphis uh, only plays well around young players. That should have been the opening quote. No, but uh, uh, Kachoviak signs for PSG for twenty-two million pounds. Uh, Thomas Munier, a Belgian fullback. Munier, Munier, Munier. Oh, I thought you were talking about Barcelona Munier. M E U N I E R, Munier, um, joins from Club Bruges for five point eight million pounds at fullback. For, uh, probably don't. Where does he go to? Yet. PSG. Yeah. PSG. Just... They've spent about three players already. Um, Nico Gaetan signs for Atletico Madrid. Um, that is a good deal. Mark Bartra signs for Borussia Dortmund. Borussia Dortmund. Mark Bartra. Yeah, I mean, they're trying to find a replacement for Homos, but... Samuel Umtiti joins Barcelona. Yes, Umtiti, yes. Yes. Yep. I honestly uh, think... I think this is this is a very underrated player. I think yeah. he's very underrated. I think Barca have got a huge bargain on them. 22 million pounds, was it? Yeah, it's a lot more for a young player. He's a young player. Yeah, but still, I think he his price tag will definitely go up to like 50 in the future. Big claims. And of course, the big one, Dani Alves... To Juventus. Free. To Juventus, Absolutely. right? Yeah, for free. Yep. It's a very good, very good deal. Um, I've been keeping track of the money league, so to speak, how much clubs have spent. Arsenal are winning the money league right now with £35 million spent on Granit Xhaka. Um, Leicester City are in sixth. Actually, surprisingly, Crystal Palace are in seventh with £50 million. Tottenham below them in eighth. I think Looking Crystal at their- Palace will shock a lot of people next season. I think they're probably going to go like seventh or maybe even sixth they could mm-hmm. i think they could challenge I, I for that i don't have faith in alan party is all i'm saying but i'm look at if you look at their signings i think you know they could get top 10 like within the top like within seventh yeah. to tenth like somewhere there yeah i agree with that i think leicester finish above them though i think leicester will make better signings we i just think leicester will finish th- sixth and they will yeah. finish seventh mm, all right i think and i think they can call that a, a good season 
they would call it a good season. But the, wait, what Everton and West Ham? Ooh. Ooh. Like if we assume the top but four, I think the problem with we're gonna make an assumption. Okay, wait. Okay, let's just say that the top, that the top Tottenham. six, are gonna be Man U, Man City, Arsenal, Tottenham, Chelsea, Liverpool, and then West Ham behind, right behind them. Uh, I think, I think Tottenham in the champ- back in the there. Champions League is gonna definitely affect their league position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, you see, I think, um, Arsenal. And Chelsea and Liverpool make up that, that six, and then Everton, West Ham should do well. Southampton should do well. Watford have a great coach. It's, it you really have to spend this much money just to survive now in the top half. Yes, um, which is which is ridiculous. Uh, moving on to the the big teams in Europe, uh, Bayern Munich have spent more than thirty million pounds. First of all, on on uh, Renato Sanchez and, and uh, Matt Hummels. Matt Hummels transfer fee has not been released. It's undisclosed. Juventus twenty five million pounds, Barcelona twenty three point seven million pounds, Real Madrid twenty three million pounds, PSG twenty two million pounds, Atletico Madrid eighteen million pounds, and Borussia Dortmund fifteen. Going back to West Ham. Wait, I have a question. I'm I'm updating this document all the time. Can I just put it on TR and I'll keep updating the document? Yes. Okay, but just to go back on that Payet, I think Payet has been playing extremely well at the Euros, and I think a big team is going to try and snatch him up. Yeah, David Gold said that if Barcelona or Juventus comes in, it'll be hard to reject. But he doesn't. He but thinks. I don't see Barcelona going in for him. I see a team, poof, maybe even a French team coming in from like Marseille. No, he was at Marseille. Shit, sorry, not Marseille. Um, I think like PSG or something might even swoop swoop for him. I think I think if it's a PSG, I think they can still say no. I think only if it's a Barca or a Real, they'll have to give in. I think you can still say no to PSG. You can still say no to Juventus. You can still say no to Man U. I Man think City. maybe even a, I think maybe even like uh, a German team might go in for him as well. Yeah, but I think you can say no to all the big guys in England. You can say no to, to um, to to probably everyone except Bayern, Real, Barca. So unless those three go away, I think Payet could be a West Ham player next season, and it's possible. Like I think Lukaku could be an Everton player next season as well. Because of how because of how they're handling it, it's going to be a summer long battle to keep it, but it could happen if it's handled well. I think Payet and Lukaku could still stay where they are come next season, which would be huge for both of those clubs. I mean, of course, when when you consider Payet's being partnered with Feguli and Lanzini next year, that's yes. amazing. That's amazing. That is. But yeah, um, last in the last back of the episode, you said Zlatan to West Ham. Yeah, I did. How does that change now that he's gone to United? I said if he doesn't sign for United, I think West Ham would be a good fit for him. Well, let's see. We'll, I we'll see. It... We'll go back and watch. And see okay. if you're telling we the will truth. Go back and, we will go back and watch. All right, Nick. All right, let's move on. To the Euro. But before that, another I ad break. the moderator. Hey, so you another can... ad break. Another oh, yeah, ad, ad break ad before ad... The, we talk about the Euros. Chaponi Flago. I'll be in Kosovo with you. The Football Review Podcast congratulates Kosovo on their recognition from FIFA. If you want to watch this podcast ad-free, go to ACAST and sign up for the Football Review Podcast. Pay £1.40. Pay £1.40 and you won't have to watch any of these ads. Now back to the show. Alright, so, um, Euro semi-finals. Nikki, how the hell are Wales in the semi-finals? 
because they're they played well. Okay, if you if you watch that Belgium game, Belgium they're like Poland. Okay, in the sense that they turn off after they score a goal, which I hate so much. It's like why I don't understand why these teams just turn off after they score. They act like they go just completely defensive. Well, okay, so Nangoland scores a lovely, lovely goal. It's it was a great goal. I wouldn't say it's goal of the tournament. I would say Shakiri's goal was goal of the tournament. I've, I've already made I've already made the chant for when he joins Chelsea. He's not going to join Chelsea. Okay, okay, but so he scored in he scored in about the twelfth minute, right? And then literally twenty in the twentieth minute, and um for the rest of the half, Wales were all over them. And in the thirtieth thirtieth minute, I believe Ashley Williams. Heads in a lovely goal, and I think that's his first goal for Wales since six years. Yes, so, amazing moment for him. And then you go into the second half. That Wales Cruyff are, count- are you counter attacking? Then Robson Canu makes it two one in the fifty fourth minute, and then Wales are they're still counter attacking. Belgium have a lot of attacks on them, but they're counter attacking and they're defending well. Then about the eighty first minute, Volks heads in a header which makes it three one. And you know the game's over after that. Even though Belgium had many attacks, you know the game was over. Yeah, and I think uh, one thing we could talk about is Wales in comparison to England, as how Wales did better than England. What Wales have that England don't, because we know England have probably better better they have players. Neil Taylor. They have better. Actually, when I go to the game, I'm gonna chant Neil Taylor. Neil Taylor's on fire. Your defense is terrified. Taylor's on fire. He's a wing back, and he, he creates goals. He assists. So I can chant when he gets a good cross in. All right. Okay. So, um, looking at, at what what Wales have that England don't, because of course England have supposedly better players. England supposedly have um, uh, more money. I mean, the FA we know has a lot more money than the Welsh FA. But one thing we have to point out is I, mean, I read this on the on the Daily Mail. Of course, I don't get the Daily Mail in Thailand. I get the Daily Mail when I'm here. Yes, yeah, actually, there are actually a couple of good writers in the Daily Mail, which I never got to get to see because of a certain Wales. I read this on the Mail Online and the Daily Mail. Wales have a world class player where England don't. Wales have leadership. England just don't. Wales have fun. England don't. Um, Wales have a, t- a team spirit and togetherness. They have. Um, they have a very open training camp. They face the media themselves. They're not pampered. They're not, you know, sort of, you know, given mm-hmm. too much money. And they don't have too much expectations. And I think that one story, one anecdote the, the, uh, the writer told was that when they're walking to the bus, England players walking to the bus, they, they were, a security guard was guarding them. They couldn't answer questions. The Welsh players answer questions all the time. The training camp is open. Anyone can come up to them and talk to them. There's no sort of, you know, where the England players are scared to put themselves out there in the media. They're they're sort of camped up. They're not, you know, they're overprotected by the FA. Whereas the Welsh players are not. So when the Welsh players have to perform under pressure, they're used to dealing with pressure. Where whereas in England they sort of in before the match, they sort of get the English players away from that pressure. So when the pressure comes in on the match, they're screwed. But I think that that's not all to blame with the players. I mean the media itself is it can be brutal. To the I don't think player. you can blame the media on, on a loss like that. I mean, yeah, on a loss like that, you can. But for a lot of underperformance, I think the media is a factor. Just how brutal they they are to the England players, I think, is definitely something that affects them psychologically going into these matches. All right, but all right. So I mean, Wales we are facing. 
look at uh, the, the the main story, the headline of this match, Wales Portugal, which is the Bale versus Ronaldo aspect. I want to get okay. Bale that. did an interview about this. Okay, yeah. and he said, he said it's not about, about me and him. It's about eleven players versus eleven players. Yeah, and I think if I can get a segment with Ekevin, it'll be attached right here, right now. I'll attach it in. Get him to talk about this because he'd be interested in this Real Madrid battle that's going to be going on. I'm, not, I'm really. That's what I don't like about these things, like Ronaldo versus Bell. I want to. I want to focus more on the two nations rather than two players. Yeah, definitely. Everybody's eyes are going to be on the like when Bell has the ball, everybody's just going to be, you know, watching closely, and when Ronaldo has it as well, they're going to be watching closely. But he has not performed at all, and I think. Yeah, I mean, we look I, at. I, it's not all too late to start performing, Bale. but I mean. He, he better start scoring some goals, especially considering they're almost in the final. I mean, you want to look at the individual talent. I think any everyone can agree Ronaldo is, in terms of at his prime, when he was in his prime, at the best of his talents, he's a, probably a better player than Bale. But Bale has performed so much better this Euros because Bale is part of the group. He's part of the team. He's very much, you know... Yes. In he, that, he, with the players, I think Ronaldo he doesn't sees himself think, as a as a demigod above the rest of his players, yeah. and I think Bale is among them. It's a family, and it's I like think Messi. You look at the it's like Messi at Barcelona. Yeah, definitely, it's the same thing. I think you look at the relationship that he has with his other with his fellow players, his teammates, and his coach. It's much better than Ronaldo. I think we see yeah, we I watch mean, Ronaldo you said, play. You said this in the last video. You said you said the way Ronaldo treats his teammates is disgusting. And yeah, I, I I agree with that. For sure, I think he doesn't know what the word team is. I think he needs to add that to his dictionary because um, he's always whenever he's um, whenever his teammates are losing the ball, he's just yelling at them. He's not doing any sort of motivation towards. I, mean, him. I think you look at him. You look I, th- at I really him. want to hear what Ekman has to say about this one. Now. I really I mean, do. You look at him, and this is this is just this is literally this is tactically this is metaphorically. He's on an island. Uh, when he plays for Portugal, he's really he's on an island. He doesn't know like he's estranged from the rest of the group. He's not, you know, he's not part of it. Tactically, he doesn't know where he is. He's drifting around. He doesn't. He's meant to be that sort of you know free roam player. That I'm gonna wait off the ball. I'm gonna look for my chance. I'm gonna go in. And Bale does the same thing for Wales. But because Ronaldo demands the ball so much, he can't effectively do that role. Whereas with Bale, he doesn't demand the ball. He allows yes. the team around him to play. And I think, I think you look that at works Portugal, effectively. You look at Portugal. When it's not Ronaldo, it's one touch play. When Ronaldo gets involved, it becomes three, four, five touches yeah, with one it, player. It slows no, it slows everything down. You've got good pace and then when you pass it to him, he's just hogging the ball. Yeah, and I think I think that with Bale, Bale is so respectful of Chris Coleman. He's so respectful of his tactical instructions. I don't think Ronaldo is that for for Fernando Santos, and yeah. Fernando. I don't, I don't think he anyone has respect for him because he's definitely a good manager at all. Paulo Bento was better. I'm being serious. Fernando Santos not not a good manager. It doesn't matter who who's the manager. It matters. I think if Mourinho was to coach Portugal in a few years, Ronaldo probably would be retired by then. But if Mourinho was coaching Portugal now, he would get the respect of Ronaldo. And I think that just... Santos hasn't been able to get the respect. It's not all Ronaldo's fault. I'm going to say that. It's not entirely Ronaldo's fault. I think Santos has failed to get the respect of Ronaldo. But at the same time, Ronaldo is not doing his at duty. At the same time, he should be throwing mics and lakes. Yes, he should not. 
I mean, we're so we're so proud of Ronaldo for chucking a mic into Why? a lake. Why? I don't know. I don't know. So, um, talking about the route to the semifinals for both these teams, Portugal, of course, failed to beat anyone in normal time this tournament. They drew with Hungary. They drew with Iceland. Iceland. They drew with Austria. Wait, wait. wait before I continue, Poland. Ronaldo said Iceland had a small mentality. Yes. And a few Iceland fans had a, wor- a few words for him, and they said, fuck you, Ronaldo. You... <laughs> No, I mean, that, this literally, they, I think every team he loses to, small mentality. How do they, I don't see Iceland having a small mentality at all. I think, actually, what he's calling a small mentality is Iceland have built their entire game around set pieces, right? Yeah, the they don't, they don't want to have the ball. They don't want to have the ball. They basically want the other team to, to have the ball, to play the ball. And then when they, they strike on the set piece, and I to begin with. happened against France, they... France, they had the ball. They did no, but then but actually, I was going to get to that. They didn't. They didn't want to do that. They didn't want to have the ball. They want to build it around the long throws and the free kicks, and that is smart because um, I mean, a lot of teams want. They have these like they're disillusioned. I mean, not they're illusioned with their own ability. They think they can play at a level where they really can't, and they try that. They think we're going to take the game to the opposition. We're going to control the ball. We're going to take it, and we're going to win. Iceland know their own limitations very well. They are very well aware of what they can and cannot do. I think that's not a small mentality. That's a brilliant mentality. And I mean, even I when that, when that country, didn't work, they don't have a small when, mentality. When that didn't when that didn't work, they managed to play a possession game against France and get a goal from it. So not only is their mentality brilliant, it's adaptable as well. I think Ronaldo has no idea what he's talking about when Iceland has Iceland a small mentality. I'm telling that back even when we do the recording. I think by Narsen, by far the best player on the Iceland team, and we made him. I think the season he's had at our at our, at Basel, he's been amazing for us, and I think you know that just helped him going to the Euros. What's the guy's name? The big number nine. What's his What's his name? Uh, I don't know what his name is. I'm not sure. Iceland. They all squad. have S O N as their last name. Yeah, except Gudjonsson. Yeah, except Gudjonsson. I. He ruined it when he came on. Yeah. But that's his last tournament no, with but... Iceland, unfortunately. Yeah. But at least he had a amazing I wish he'd scored that goal. Yeah, I wish he scored. I, 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 uh, yeah, I wish he scored that last goal. I mean, he's 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 a brilliant, brilliant player. Looking at who their, their big number nine is up front. Yeah, his name is Sig, Sig Thorson. Sig Thorson. He yeah, he, is he's gonna brilliant. Go, he's going to go to some, some big team this season. Sig Thorson is absolutely brilliant. All right, I don't know what small mentality. He just runs into people. He pushes them over. He jumps and he gets the ball into the right area with the, with the knockdown header. And he is unbelievably good. I don't understand what he's on about with small mentality. I really don't. He just, I think he just likes to say stuff after matches, with, which trying to like, I don't know. He just says. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I mean, looking at Portugal's route to there, uh, they they didn't win any game in the group. They're they so shaky. The game. It's such a. I think you know they got they the managed. Same, to skip, the same skip, happened to France. The same it's, happened to France. I think in the time they won the Euro, they weren't. They didn't look like a strong team, but they won it. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think Portugal are even that strong. Got through on penalties. Wales, however, you can make an argument that I Wales did not. Have a difficult opposition. Slovakia 
I mean, in hindsight, Slovakia looked pretty decent for what they did to England. But I mean, they got smashed by Germany. They got smashed by Wales. Well, not smashed. They got beaten by Wales and smashed by Germany. So what they did to Russia looked convincing. But then against Slovakia, they did that to Russia as well. Lost to England. That was a blip. I mean, looking at the quarterfinals, they did smash Belgium. But Belgium can't capitulate like that. We know that. Italy destroyed them. I think that Chris Coleman just didn't agree uh, to beat them. So it's I not think, been the hardest route. I think Portugal, this is debatable now. This is debatable. I think Portugal have had a slightly, just slightly harder path to here. Well, they've had a harder path, but... Wales have done. Do you agree with that? It's a bit of a stretch. Because I mean, Northern Wales, Ireland... Okay. Wales, okay, Northern Ireland, but quarterfinal, come on. I think Belgium have that capacity to just give up and crumble. Yeah, but I, I think, think they're still they're a t- Poland, I think they're a harder side than Poland. Poland don't. Croatia, I think, are better than Belgium. I um, think Croatia deserves to be Portugal on that match. I, I think so as well. I, I think Croatia are better than Belgium. I think that Poland have stability. They have a very good stability. So I think Portugal's run here was a little bit, a small bit more difficult. That's debatable. You can argue me all you want. I think it's a small bit more difficult. I think Wales, Wales have been very unfortunate not to have Aaron Ramsey, not to have Ben Davies. Adding yeah. it all up, I still, I, I don't want to say. Wales will win. I, I don't want to say. I'm going to be there in Lyon. I'm going to be cheering I for Wales. I still think Wales will beat Wales. Portugal. Taylor's on fire. No. If you look at it, you look at it. Taylor's it doesn't on matter fire. how good you are. Same with Iceland. Iceland weren't that good. It's the it's the it's how it's the spirit they had to continue to keep going. And you look at Ronaldo in Portugal. Ronaldo doesn't. I don't think Ronaldo has that spirit with Portugal. If you, yes. I think Wales they have even without um without uh if you want Ramsey, an example without of how without good. Ben Davies they have a team spirit that will send them. As far as they want to go, they know that this is the best chance they may ever get to win the Euros, and I think they're going to take it. I think they're going to go all out against Portugal, and I think they're going to win it. I mean, if you want an example of how strong Team Spirit can be, you see, see Leicester. Yeah. I so, think I think Wales is also a Leicester-type story. You, maybe with Iceland it was more, but I think Wales is still sort of a Leicester-type story. Yeah, I think every, every, um, every neutral... Probably is on this whale story. I think it's a uh, gonna be great. I'm cheering for Neil Taylor by E uh, in this match. I I honestly, if Wales could make the final and play either France or Germany, even if they lose, just doing that, Chris Coleman would be a Welsh hero for the rest of his life. Chris Coleman said he's leaving after the 2018 World Cup. Uh, he wants to manage in the Champions League. I mean, honestly, I think the big. He said, I don't think a big Premier League club will come in for me. But oh, honest- you know, recent news says that Coleman rejected the England job. <laughs> Ronald Koeman. Yes. Or, oh, Chris Coleman. Chris, yeah, Coleman. Chris Coleman rejected Coleman. the England job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He did it in a very diplomatic way as well. He said, I don't think England would even offer me, he said. And then he said, I am Welsh through and through. There is no other country I can manage. But he said, I, he, he said... I don't think any other Premier League. I don't think any Premier League club can offer me Champions League football. He doesn't think he's going to get a top job. I disagree. We what know. Okay, what does he mean? Like we know that a lot of the managers there are not long term. And in 2018, who 
who knows where some of those guys will be? I mean, who knows who'll be managing Arsenal in 2018? Who knows I who'll think be managing? This, this definitely one of Wenger could be Wenger's last season. I think it probably will be. I mean, we've talked about stranger things. I mean, we've talked about Simeone and Emery, but I mean, freaking if, if Conte builds a three-five-two team and then gets another job, I mean, you can't rule out Chris Coleman getting a top job in the Premier League. You really cannot. I'm, I haven't said any names yet, but you, everyone knows who I'm referring to. I mean, Pep Guardiola likes to leave after three years. But, I mean, just, you can't rule out Chris Coleman for a top job, what he's been able to do with his Wales team. You really cannot, uh, you know, you know, write him off. I think, yeah. in terms of managers, Chris Coleman wins. But it's the amount of time he had to do it, which is pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And then he, he said, four years ago, we could not be further away than where we are now. What he's been able to turn around with no player signings, of course, international football. He's had the same pool of players. He called up a few young players, but it's been the same group of players who have really, really struggled to get to major tournaments, and he's got them almost to a final. So in that sense, Coleman, better manager. Wales, better togetherness. Portugal, maybe a better squad, better individual talent. But it's really up in the air, and I'm going to say I cannot predict the winner for this one. Yeah, you have to get It's my podcast. You're going to predict the winner. Ah, oh, this is your podcast. Okay, just. I mean, you predict you did, the winner. The ads were a good idea, but I mean, we get so much money from those ads, right? But we don't get any money from <laughs> putting the ads on a podcast. Yeah, this is your podcast, so you have to pick the winner. Come on. All right. I'm actually gonna go with. Oh my god! I don't want to say Wales. I don't want to say it because I'm, I, gonna, I'm saying it. I want it so badly that I don't want to say it. Well, I said Wales. Boom. I'm, Gonna say Portugal. Yeah, you're a traitor. You know, Neil I Taylor is gonna be listening to this. He's gonna be like, okay, Wales, my Wales, own, my did... own brother, my Jesse brother said he's... I would lose. He's yeah. not. He's not Punjabi. No, but if I, just just to make Taylor buy white, happy. The white guy said I would win. <laughs> just to make Taylor buy happy, I say no. Wales are gonna win. He's like inside. He knows I'm his true brother. Okay, so <laughs> I said he would win. And he's. I want Wales to win so badly. I don't want to say it. European so, brother. Okay, you know what, Wales. Okay, all right, it's moving too late, on. Jan, you said Portugal. You, you hadn't. You can't take it back. You said it, Jan. Okay, it's in I the said, podcast. And I really want to be. I want to be proven wrong so badly. Okay, so you're sticking with Portugal. No, I'm sticking with Wales. You're not <laughs> letting me. You're you're sticking with Portugal. Okay, let's move on. Second semi-final, Germany take on the host France in Marseille. Can you imagine what those French people are thinking the, right now? Huge rivalry. Oh my God, my we're playing has big rivals. Talked about this in rivalry. He said, he said, this is what he's already said. He said his brother was sporting Germany and he was sporting France, and they were in the same bar. With ha- half the bar was France and half the bar was Germany, and they had to split up because of the teams they were supporting in that match. I believe it was the one where. Um, the goalkeeper, he, I forgot. It was that that red card that that the referee never gave, but he like literally knocked him out. Which which year Schumacher, was it? Schumacher. Schumacher. Which year was it? World Cup, I think. Twenty ten, twenty fourteen. No, it was a long time ago. It was one one of the players called Schumacher or something. Okay, then I have no idea. Okay, never mind. Right. Okay, I so what so... happened? But I think he got, like knocked out or something. He didn't even give, didn't even give a yellow card. So these rivals go way, way back. I mean, of course, Germany played a huge rivalry match against Italy already. France cruised past Iceland. This match already match. happened in a friendly match. 
yeah, Germany looks so much stronger, I think. But France looked very comfortable against Iceland uh, in, in that match. But I mean, I mean, France must be going mental right now because they've got three players that have scored three goals. Yeah, I mean, Payet, Griezmann, and Giroud, and they're all right? top goal scorer. Yeah, I mean, I mean, they. I'm gonna say something right now about 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 Griezmann. Maybe people might not like it. Like, I don't think Griezmann is as good as half the population of France thinks he is. The French think he's absolutely unbelievable. I think they're just praying to a false god in in, in Griezmann. I don't think he's that good. He's he's not as good as they make him out to be. At least that I'm certain about. And I think that he's just not. He's not like the level of Zidane. And he's been. They've been saying like he's gonna win us. Like he's gonna win us the Euros. Like Zidane won us the World Cup. I he's not on that level. I, think I don't Payet's think gonna win them the Euros like Zidane did. Yeah, maybe Payet. Maybe Payet. Maybe, but I, I just, I don't think Griezmann is as good as they think he is, and that's going to be a bit controversial. I think Griezmann is a great player. Yes, he's very, is he is, he's very greasy. Oh god, and he's not even, he's, he's Basque, you know. He's what? He's from Basque. Where's Basque? It's a sort of, it's a region which is in France and Spain, and they want independence. So it's like Payet from Reunion Island. Sort of, but it's like it's in Fr- French territory. So it's, it's a French. It's like it's like Scotland wants independence in the UK, sort of, ish. I, I don't get. I don't know what it's like. It's like Frisian. It's like the Frisians and the and the Dutch. Yeah, it's like, it's like so basically what that is. You don't like know Frisian. You know what Frisian is. No, I don't know what that is. So it's like so basically, there's a region of the Netherlands, right? They speak Frisian, but they also know Dutch. But they wanna um. It's like it's they want to separate from the Netherlands because it's like they they have their own language and stuff and they have like their own culture. Yeah. So Basque is like Catalonia in that sense, where yeah, Griezmann is Basque. I mean, many Spanish players are also Basque. Like Aspilicueta is Basque. So I think that I mean I don't know why I brought that up because it's Wait, many, so Griezmann I mean, and Aspilicueta are from the same place. Yeah. So they're brothers. I mean, they both have Z's in their name. They're brothers. They're. Do they speak? Wait, what's the language there? Spanish and French. They just speak Spanish and French, which is side of the border they're on. Oh, okay. I don't know if there's a Basque language. They might be. I'm not sure. So wait, what? How do you spell it? B a s q u e. Wait, what? It says another important goal of Griezmann's was um this time against Atletico Bilbao in the Basque derby. Yeah, Basque. Wait, who, 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 I mean, Bilbao and Sociedad, or the Bastard Arby, yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So I think that Germany looks stronger on paper. It looks stronger in tactically, it looks stronger in play. Who's going to win this? Nicholas. Germany or France, I think going to go with Deutschland. I think um, Yogi Lowe knows what he needs. He, he's, you watch that ice match. I think he's watching that. Very close, and he knows the the holes in that in that French team. I think mm. near post, near post, they're definitely very very vulnerable. I think against Iceland, that near post got them almost three times. They could have let in three goals because of that near post. I think there's a um there's a few holes in that team which they need to fix before that match against Germany, because I think Germany can definitely okay. Well, they'll find a way to exploit the French defense and score and get a lot of goals in. I mean, one thing I have to give credit for, but I've been, I've been pretty much hating. I guess you could say I've been hating on Frank Lampard. <laughs> I love Frank Lampard. I've been, he's my favorite player of all time. I've been hating on uh, Didier Deschamps for his tactical, tactical ineptitude, genius. 
ineptitude uh, throughout this tournament. I think he finally got it right yesterday. I don't know what he did, but basically he had Griezmann floating around. Uh, like a bubble. Yeah, floating like a little little bubble going around Giroud. And then he had Sissoko on one wing, Payet on one wing. I felt that worked. I think Komen would have done better than Sissoko. I think Sissoko is not that good. I think Komen, one wing to provide the width. Payet, one wing to, you know, be creative. Be Dimitri. Be Dimitri. And then just, just, just Griezmann floating like a bubble around, around Giroud. I think the fullback on Payet's side should overlap, but the fullback on Coleman's side should not overlap. I think Germany were bold, brave, and brilliant. Oh, those are... Oh, okay, I see what you did there, Gian. I don't, I, I just you used three Bs. Bold, bold, brave, and brilliant. The three yeah. Bs. Yeah, it's called alliteration. They were bold, brave, and brilliant against Italy. I see what Italy. you did there, Gian. I see what you did there. Yes. Trying, uh, to, be, against... trying to be tactically cool. <laughs> yeah. against, against Italy. Where it was a three-five-two almost, but then it became sometimes it was one at the back, sometimes it was five at the back, and then I think that the how flexible that Germany squad is, it's ridiculous. I think they're gonna find a way beyond France, just like they found a way beyond Italy. I, I mean France, when France kick into gear and they play well, they're fun to watch. When France don't know what they're doing, they're just boring as hell to watch. I think yesterday they got it right. Against Switzerland, they got it wrong. Uh, against Romania, they got it semi-right. Against Albania, they got it wrong. I think that... Albania. Albania, they got it wrong. Switzerland, they got it wrong. I think Romania, they were semi-right. Um, but I think in that Albania match, the, the coach is to blame because he took yeah. off a jetty when... It, really, a jetty shouldn't have come off. It should have been some someone else because a jetty was um, playing so well in the defensive, um, defensive um, position. And I think once he took him off, he brought on this other defender. I forgot, I forgot completely forgot his name, but literally he left. He left a huge gap in the defense, and that exploited the um, exploited them. And France got the goal. I think Ajeti shouldn't have come off in that match. Yeah, I mean, I think that it was uh, probably not a criticism there from Debiasi, but Debiasi did well in the entire tournament. I think with the squad, with the squad that he had. Germany gonna win. I think. I think if, even if France get it right, which is off and on, I think. Even if France get it right, I think that they're just a bit predictable. I think you saw them against Iceland. The Payet run, it's the Payet run. You know how it works. Starts on the left, cuts inside on his right foot, he shoots. It's just, you cut on the right, cuts on the left, he shoots. It's, so it's a predictable, it's Payet. It, you know how Payet plays. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So basically, you, you see him, he cuts in on the right. And he shoots. He comes in. He just drifts around. You know where he's going to be. I mean, it's just almost the same against Romania. Almost the same against against uh, Iceland yesterday. It's predictable. Once you get someone, probably going to be Joshua Kimmich, just to follow him around and just don't give him the space, he's not going to be able to operate. I think Kimmich can make a good tackle. I think Kimmich can mark well. I think once you, you, can, you close that, Pogba has been hot and cold this tournament. I think you can shut down France without too much difficulty. I'm going to say, you, it's, they've been predictable, whereas Germany are completely unpredictable. Germany can play a 3-5-2, as they did against Italy, just for, for the laughs almost. They can, the play a, yeah, they can play a 4-2-3-1, even though even if they, don't, they don't have Mario Gomez as a target man. They, they, will find, they will find a way around that. And I think they're just so adaptable and so unpredictable. France are not. I think Germany are going to win. Yeah. I think Germany's going to win as well. I just think they're just way too strong. I think, you know, I, I don't know how Wales are going to do it if they make it through. 
or Portugal yes. even. Then I don't know how they're going to beat Germany. Yeah, I don't think anyone can beat Germany right now. All right, thank you very much for listening to the Football Review Podcast. Now, with before our many, we go, many we're going to go to an ad break. I'm many, many ad I'm breaks we've had today. Thank you very much um, for all the... E, all the what? What do you think for Nikki? Support. Yeah, that's the word. All the support you have not given this podcast over the past few weeks. Because Thank I you very much. And we'll see you all later. Okay, I'll make a funny ad. I'll make a funny ad. It'll be Ekevin screaming, who predicted this right? <laughs> please, please, make that the ad. No, no, and, then, be... and then in the background, it, no, and then over, no, no, basically over that voice is going to be you saying, this is the Football Review podcast, and you go, who predicted this right on top of it? You know how they do it? Like, like that, and no, then I, add I a will, bit of music, add a bit I of music. I will think of a funny ad. I will think of a funny ad. I will think of a really funny ad. Okay. I will. I will think of one. I will... Think of one, and then I will do it. It'll take oh. a while. All right, okay. we are okay. Let's move on We're... to a short ad break before we talk about the second semifinal. I have to film three ads now. Who else is gonna film another ad? I will. I'll get Ashman to film an ad for Volkswagen. Okay. He has, he has a Volkswagen, so I get him to go film his Volkswagen, and I'll just voice over it in a German accent. Gian, you have to post this podcast. Of course, I am going to post this podcast. You said no if I do it with Lewis. True. Okay, we'll see what happens. Okay. Okay, can, can, can you shout in, in German what are my Volkswagens? What? Can you shout in German? About, can you speak German? How well can you speak German? Enough, but I don't know what you mean, shout Volkswagen. Can you shout, buy a Volkswagen today, and then that's it? Okay. No, that's too cringy. Okay. I'll think of a better ad. That's so cringy. Buy a Volkswagen. Half time Volkswagen. Yeah, just yell that. No, no, no. I don't. I don't want to do this. It's it's a small apartment I'm in. Okay, and everybody okay. will hear me and they'll be like, "What the hell?" <laughs> oh god, I just thought of that. What happens when they just hear Nikki in the next room screaming, but buying a Volkswagen? Those those things are not safe to buy anymore. I know that's the joke. You know what's what's a good one? Tesla. That's a good car. No, but the joke Half-time is... Half-time Tesla. Money.